Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Internet World Order podcast. Today, it's officially clobbering time because we're talking about Marvel comics, Marvel movies, and everything Marvel related. And there is a lot to go over with Marvel, even even if you don't include the MCU. Mm -hmm. There's a vast, vast universe of all these characters that a lot of people don't even know about. But that's what we're here to kind of give you an idea of what's on the surface and beyond uh, what's kind of become a worldwide phenomenon with the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And we're really excited today. I know Caleb and I like we kind of talk about how we're big DC fans, but you know, Marvel plays an important part of that because Marvel was a major part of my childhood and I'm just really excited to talk about it. today. <laughs> no, I'm the same way. Like, I don't know, like based on what people maybe heard when we talked about DC, maybe sound like maybe we're like anti Marvel or something. It's like, Oh no, quite the contrary. Just because we have a preference doesn't mean we don't have a lot of love to give for the other company. Exactly. I'm hoping that we can kind of like explore some topics like because for me personally, like when we talk about this and I know some people are going to be like, what? How can you? uh, I don't really read the Marvel comics as much as I do the DC ones, which does not mean I don't like them. But I there's different forms of media and comics have expanded beyond uh, just the simple like, you know, like one format idea like we have so many ways to consume like marvel media in today that it's like almost impossible for you to avoid it at every turn yeah i mean even if like and we'll we'll get there when you talk about maybe like some of the people who maybe aren't fans of the marvel like the mcu uh but you still can't escape it even if like okay you don't dig the movies well they're still well the netflix shows have all stopped but there's gonna be all the stuff that kicks up on disney plus there's all the cartoons there's uh luckily since disney's no longer being that big of a overlord they're letting <laughs> other video game companies actually make games based on marvel licenses again and so they're exploding on the video game scene again so it's just like no matter where you go you're going to see merch a show i mean uh tomorrowland at disneyland is being converted into basically into marvel land or whatever i forget the name of I don't think that's the name they're going with. Uh, Marvel Land doesn't really have a ring to it. It's like, hey, you guys want to go to Marvel Land? Yeah, that yeah, that kind of does sound like uh, that sounds like one of the rejected ideas that Walt came up with before thinking of Tomorrowland. Right. (laughs) (laughs) When you put it that way. (laughs) Yeah, but um, but yeah, but like, so even if you don't, if you try to get away from Marvel, but you still there's, you can't. That's the point we're trying to make. You can't. And that's not a bad thing because I'm look uh, and we'll, we can talk about this at some point, but like, I'm just happy. We're at the point now where I used to have a stand up set where I was like, guys, the nerds have won. It took a while, but we did it. This is the true revenge of the nerds. Yes. <laughs> we, um, I know specifically like when I was growing up, like even before I really started to get like heavily into comics, I know that I almost could not escape it sometimes because it was everywhere. Like I grew up, like I know Caleb, you're, you're, you know, elderly, but (laughs) (laughs) I'm kidding. You remember when the first uh, fantastic four comic came out back in like 1961. (laughs) (laughs) My dad's a huge fantastic four guy somewhere. He's going to be like, I'm killing that kid. I'm going to kick that kid right in his, teeth (laughs) um but we all like i grew up with like x-men x-men was a big deal when i was a kid yeah Yeah, i mean they had all the tv shows i remember you were telling me that you were re-watching some of the tv shows which we'll get to but Mm -hmm. i remember being so excited when my parents were like hey we are watching the brand new x-men movie and i think it was i remember going into blockbuster r.i.p but he had um hold on i just knocked my mic (laughs) we interrupt our regular scheduled podcast for i'm leaving that in there too by the way (laughs) no i want want people to see my failures just as much as they see my success (laughs) screw it we'll do it live so (laughs) i remember when blockbuster was around we would go and they didn't have the original version of x-men 
And by that, I mean, they had X-Men 1.5. Oh, I remember that. Okay, cool. Yeah, which honestly kind of ruled. I didn't really know the difference because I was like five or six. (laughs) (laughs) It meant nothing to me. And I just was so excited about watching it. And then I X-Men 2 was life changing. That was like a huge, huge comic book movie for me because I was just. Mm-hmm. Oh, man, it was so much fun to watch. that. <laughs> no, it is. I, I think that like the thing is, though, is that I didn't even realize Blade was around for like. Obvious reasons, but <laughs> most people don't know Blade's a Marvel hero. Well, they do now, but we, like when the movies came out, you didn't know then. Right. Until they saw the logo and they're like, wait a minute. Like, yeah. Oh, and I, I, which is cool because it's like Blade's a very underrated character. I just like, it's weird because I grew up with him, but I also didn't know much about him because, mm-hmm. you know, I was like five or six. I'm not going to watch R rated movies yet. And right. I, my parents cared about <laughs> what I watched. So As they should. <laughs> right. Which not a bad thing, but <laughs> we had, um, like the X-Men movies like on lock and also, oh man, you know that it's coming. We're going to talk <laughs> about the Sam Raimi Spider-Man movies because those <laughs> are the best thing ever. <laughs> I agree with you two and a half times. Well, it's, it's okay for you First to be wrong. Yeah. That's how you learn. But <laughs> okay, we're gonna talk about Spider-Man three then. Fun. We will. I I have a special place in my heart for that movie, but I I can also acknowledge what it is, which I, I think I'm a little biased because Sam Raimi's one of my favorite filmmakers. Like, I love the Evil Dead series, and I love mm-hmm. uh, Drag Me to Hell, and he's just so good. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. He also yeah. made Dark Man, which fun fact is uh, I think. <laughs> Well, it's like an OG, OG, like R-rated superhero movie back before it like became cool with Blade. And, oh, it's so good. (laughs) Liam Neeson is the main character. It's (laughs) I I had a great time with it. But that kind of like set the standard for what he was going for with the Sam Raimi Spider-Man movies. And I'm curious because you were obviously, you know, like it was different for you because you were probably like in middle school, right? Uh, When the Sam, because that's 2001, correct? Yeah, you were probably in like middle school or like I was close. I was ten. You were ten. Okay. Wow. Yeah, you're not that old. (laughs) Yeah. Thank you. See. (laughs) Yeah. Um. But I remember, like, for me, it was very different because I was just like, you know, a little kid. So I was like, Spider Man. (laughs) For you, you were probably a little bit more into the time. But like, tell me about what you thought about it. Like, did you see it in theaters? Did you see it on DVD? Uh. Crazy thing, I I do remember seeing Spider Man two in theaters. Spider Man one, I know I saw it. I just for some reason my brain can't call if it was in theaters or if I saw it like on DVD, like renting it first. Uh, but I know I saw it. I absolutely adored it. And even as a kid, I like. Well, it's kind of when we did the DC episode, and I talked about how the reason why Spider Man is not just the most successful entity that Marvel has. He's the most successful superhero. Like I think right below Superman. Right. I, I thought you were going to say that he was like above Superman. And I was like, no, 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 no. no. <laughs> but like, and the reason why like, and I meant in the previous episode we talked about where I mentioned it was because he's just the perfect every man. You feel for the guy because yeah. he has all these powers yet. He's struggling to pay rent. Mm-hmm. Or like he's struggling to keep his job, which even as a kid, you know, like I said, 10 years old. So obviously I don't have any of those responsibilities yet. I could still relate to it on a certain level because it's like, oh, well, you know, I got chores. I got to do school and chores. And so there was a way for me to relate to that. Plus, it was just hilarious. I love I think Sam Raimi actually admitted. That he was very influenced and well. Very influences, putting it mildly, uh, by the specific types of Spider-Man from the 60s and 70s. Mm-hmm. And it's true, because if you look at like the way Spider the spider crawls on the Peter Parker in the first movie and the way Green Goblin dies at the end, it's almost a panel for panel remake of how it happened in the comics in the 60s. And yeah. uh, which is fine. That's amazing. Cause 
that's how you get people to be made aware of it and so for me i just it ruled uh even as a kid i thought jj jameson was amazing <laughs> mm-hmm. uh and it's actually because of him i know the difference between uh slander and libel because of that quote he has when he's like you can't say that. that's slander he goes i take offense to that slander is spoken in print is libel <laughs> he's and a because great of, character well that, that's why i know the definitions of those two words to this day is because of that line <laughs> but um also i i don't know if you noticed this with jay jonah jameson but um there was a little thing that they snuck in where um i can't remember which one it was i'm a bad i, I have bad memory with this but they're like why don't we call him like Doctor Strange or something like that. And he was like, Oh yeah. No, we can't do that. That name's already taken. <laughs> yeah. They made nice little references to all sorts of things. Uh because I know like and it, dude, it'd be a whole podcast by itself to talk about the rights fiasco that Marvel turned into oh, uh, man. late nineties, early two thousands. Well, you know that originally they had offered to sell all of their characters, like every single Marvel character to Sony. Like they would get all the rights. Um, I think for like some large amount, like some, I can't remember the exact amount, but Sony was like, no, like we're going to just take Spider-Man for a close to this close to the same amount. Cause they knew that Spider-Man was a huge seller. So they were like, yeah. they almost paid as much for one character as they did for Spider-Man plus everyone else because right. they thought that, um, I think there was a feeling they're like, I don't feel like the crowd or like the general audience will connect or know a lot of these characters so much. And now we have the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Yeah. Uh, I have a thought about that, but we'll get to that when we eventually probably get around to the MCU. But mm-hmm. I also know, I think in the early 90s, because what people don't know is, Sometimes, I mean, when you see how successful Marvel is now, it's hard to, a lot of people may not be aware, Marvel was struggling financially in the 90s. And the only thing keeping them from going completely bankrupt was Spider-Man and the Mm -hmm. X-Men. I believe Jim Lee's first issue of the X-Men comics in the 90s, like that first run, I think still holds the record for the largest, like most sales of a single arc. Like, it's kind of like the same of like, like in a movie sense, it's like the biggest opening weekend sort of thing, the mm-hmm. comic equivalent of that. And I know in the early nineties, apparently Disney passed over the opportunity to buy the rights to Spider-Man because they didn't see the money in it. Oh, how the turntables. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> like, I mean, but to be fair at the time, like it's easiest, it's easy for us now to be like, wow. How dumb of them. That's so stupid. When, <laughs> at the well, time, like, there was no real demand for a lot of these characters in the way that it is now. So, like, I kind of get it. You no, know? I, I do, because it's that, it's that simple saying of it's easy for us to make fun of it because it's not our money we'd be spending. Yeah, exactly. I was also, <laughs> like, not born at the time. But this was right around uh, with Venom's uh, Lethal Protector series, if I'm not mistaken. I believe so which is great i yes. love that series and i think that like the venom movie that they made in particular i i think that drew a lot from it because like <sighs> venom isn't technically supposed to be a hero but people loved him so much that they were like well you know what fine we'll make him an anti-hero <laughs> that's <laughs> which... the best with, with what he does that's the best you can do right and and i kind of appreciate that because it's like he can be a good antagonist but i think that he fits better as an anti-hero to spider-man and i'm curious what they're going to do with morbius too i i'm really interested to see how that turns out because morbius is a straight-up villain like there's no redeeming qualities about him well i mean that's not necessarily true well does he have some because i'm not well because he doesn't want to necessarily kill people like what he's doing and I, I think that a lot of people like, especially the vibes I got from the trailer for the movie too, was that the, it, it's coming across as like, they're portraying him more as like a conflicted villain. Oh, because that makes sense. He doesn't want to be a villain, but it's very clear that he's like conflicted. Cause it's like, he's trying to cure himself. He's trying to fix his problem. Okay. And he also has the affliction of like, well, I have to like drink human blood in order to not die. 
So yeah. it, it's almost like he's villainous by, you know, just association <laughs> with being a vampire. Yeah. You well, can't really just, be a heroic vampire unless you're, you know, like a daywalker. Yeah, unless unless you are Wesley Snipes. I mean, uh, Blade. Uh, Blade or uh, Mahershala Ali now, which I think was an amazing casting choice. <laughs> oh, no, no, I'm all for it. I'm all on board. I just, I just hope they can find some way to incorporate Wesley Snipes somehow. Mm-hmm. A cameo, you know, make them, I don't know, forget it. Like, uh, just cast Wesley Snipes as Whistler. Whatever. I'm kind of down yeah. with that. I didn't even think about that. <laughs> I know. Like, I, I'm just like, it, it would just be a nice little, like, like reference. Mm-hmm. We're not even reference. Just a nice little nod uh, to the Blade movies. Since, like you said, they kind of flew under the radar. And especially, well, two things happened. One, Blade Trinity happened. And then two, uh, you had both the Sam Raimi Spider-Man movies and the x-men movies come out right next to each other so blade kind of was off in the ether by himself well yeah plus he was he falls into more of like the marvel knights classification Mm -hmm. so it's sort of like uh like with moon knight too like i know you and i have talked about like moon knight which i am absolutely blown away that they're making a disney plus series about moon knight dude I didn't know much about him, to be honest. And then I, I found some stuff on my friend sent me some stuff going, no, 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 no. You need to know who this guy is. And being the stuff off, I was like, dude, I'm on board. This is going to be amazing. Yeah, no, he's he's a fantastic character. And he's kind of like, I'm curious to see if they keep a lot of the elements that make him interesting, because he is definitely a more mature themed character. To and put that lightly. Yeah, to, to put it lightly, he is not for children. So when I saw that, I was like, this could go one of two ways. <laughs> I think that's why they're doing that on Disney Plus, which depending on how Moon Knight, because isn't Blade also a series, not a movie, right? Oh, gosh, I actually don't know. I just I know that like Blade's I know coming. who they chose yeah. and I know that like I was so hype because I Same. am. Oh, my gosh. I just can't. It's yeah. Be so good. I will say because uh, one of the things that people have been worried about after. Now that Disney literally owns all of Marvel finally mm-hmm. um, that there'll be two, they will shy away from violence. Like you're not going to see the crazy stuff you saw in daredevil. You're definitely not going to see a movie like Logan. You're not going to see anything crazy like that, but moon Knight and blade might show that. Oh, let more slide than you think. Right. Because like a lot of people were like super concerned and like, I honestly think that with Deadpool, they'll find a clever workaround with that, which, you know what? Like, I'll, I'll take it because it'll make him oh, yeah. it'll make him work a little bit harder to make him funnier and more interesting to like the mainstream crowd, because a lot of people are going to be there already. But oh, I yeah. think that like having it be PG-13 now, now that we've been introduced to the character, we've seen everything about him. Like, I almost think that it could possibly work as a PG-13 movie. I've actually pitched this before. Let me explain. Uh, Deadpool as a PG-13 movie um, is the perfect catalyst for him to mock the inconsistencies with the rating system. Because mm-hmm. he can, because oh, obviously he's a fourth wall breaker. He knows he's in a movie. He can make fun of how like, oh, look at that. I, I'm here now because of a mouse or, you know, and he can make fun of the things like, you can only say one F-bomb in a PG-13 movie. Mm-hmm. And so every time he comes close to saying it, he has to stop himself because he's waiting for the perfect moment. Yeah, or and, he gets like bleeped out and he's like, yeah, he's like, oh, wait, no, I can't use that F-word. It's, it's a very specific, like, I can't use it because I guess with the MPA, you get one F-word per movie for the most right. part. But there's a, there's a couple instances, I think, actually, where they use it like two or three times and it's still got a PG-13 rating. Right. But, general consensus is that like you get one f word and yeah. it can't be used in a sexual manner yeah and what i'm saying and he could also make fun of it too not just the language because that's the first thing people always think of and mm-hmm. it's like okay there's he could make fun of how violent he can get and it's still technically pg-13 right kind of like how violent the dark knight was pg-13 <laughs> yeah but it, i think it's like a blood issue like a blood gore issue that a lot of people are like and he could mock that he could be like right. oh i cut this guy up why is he not bleeding oh right rating 
Yeah. He could make a joke about like, I'm going to make this really difficult for the editor at home. <laughs> exactly. He's the Deadpool being the fourth wall breaker that he is. He is perfect to just mock. Like you said, I'm going to make the editor's job real difficult with this next scene. <laughs> and, uh, and he's like, suck on this Mickey. And just like start shooting people in the head or something. I would love for him to call out Kevin Feige. That would, Dude, I would love for Kevin Feige to be in the movie and he gets killed somehow. <laughs> I'm I'm pretty down with that. Speaking of like Deadpool, um, what do you think they're gonna do with him in this universe? That is the great question mark of everything. Because, well, honestly, the X Men in general are gonna be a giant question mark. Yeah. Uh, though I gotta admit, I am hot like. As of right now, I'm not too worried just because I saw that Ryan Reynolds on his Twitter when he posted that like something that people photoshopped together and it shows Deadpool wearing a Mickey Mouse hat and it said Deadpool 3, we're in the big leagues now. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I am on board with whatever yeah. you're about to do. And Even if they do like make it PG-13, I, I think that they're, I think it'll hold up because like a lot of people kind of give Marvel a hard time and like. I mean, you and I talked about this in the DC episode too, but like Marvel kind of gets a hard, harsh, like judgment in terms of like the formula that it uses mm-hmm. for its like cinematic universe. Right. And the the thing is, is like, I would normally be like, yeah, like I'm mildly concerned that like it might not work or that it's going to kind of like, you know, make it more fluid and consistent with everything that goes on in the universe which kind of takes away from the ability for it to like stand out on its own merits. Mm-hmm. But this might be what changes it for me because like if there's any one thing that I want from the universe, it's that I want filmmakers to have some more freedom in how they make the films for Disney because like following a writing formula is one thing, but like following a, like a color palette is completely different. Yeah, and, when you force when when Edgar Wright was gonna make Ant Man and you literally forced him out because he's like, I'm not a director. You're just basically hiring me to be a babysitter. Right. They're like you. Uh, it's almost like being a glorified cameraman. Yeah. <laughs> but, like I'm sorry, no. <laughs> yeah, I think that like well, but that's also like not fair to say about the other directors too, because I'm sure a lot of them, you know, like put a lot of their own input and like I think that maybe it's just because he's different. Yeah, that I think that like a lot of people kind of make the concessions of like, yeah, I'll have it look this way, but I want to add my own like flourishes and touches to it. But like it's it's probably because they want to work alongside the vision as well, which there's nothing wrong with that. Oh, that's fine. Yeah, I I don't want to like criticize them too much because like, no, no, no. Yeah, that's unfair. Yeah. And also scoreboard. scoreboard. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Well, the big thing is, I think when the. Uh, criticism really started kicking in was when they actually managed to make Josh Whedon quit after with Age of Ultron, which is impressive. Uh. Yeah, because he's like, I'm tired of it. Because Age of Ultron, they're like, oh yeah, because he's like, okay guys, I got my script written. Well, you need to have this reference and talk about this and talk about that. And they're like, he's like, I'm. This is like a two hour movie. What I can't. This movie's gonna be four hours if I do all this. We'll make it work. And he's like, I'm done. I'm done. Bye. Bye. <laughs> yeah. And then he, uh, well, what is he, well, was the last thing he did Justice League? Yeah. I don't know what he's done since. Yeah. I mean, which, I mean, the Justice League the, thing is very, that's, um, that's its own thing. <laughs> right. But he, as you were saying, he has, uh, quite the resume. Yeah. So he can take his time before making another movie. Right. And I, I think that, like, well, I, I don't know. I, I thought he was uh I thought he wanted to make a Batgirl movie. I'm sure he probably did until the show came out and now well, that's Batwoman. Over... Oh, Bat- oh right, sorry. Yeah. That's right. Which Bad me. Bad, apparently Bad. they're not gonna recast. Huh. Which I, I'm not I think they're just gonna focus on a different character, which I mean, I'm curious to see how that goes. I, don't, that, <laughs> I mean, that that's that's usually the nice way of saying I'm scared, but well, when you don't I, have I'm, something not, like 
like for me, I'm just like, okay, I'm, I'm with you. I'm, I'm curious. I just don't know how that's, that's interesting. Yeah. I just think that like, well, it, it, the one in the show is Kate Kane, right? I, I haven't honestly seen the show, so I can't tell you. Okay. Well, I'm, I don't know. I, I just don't know where they'll go with it. I guess right. like Cassandra Kane, if that's different or if I'm just Who completely knows? like, I'm so tired. I've had a long week, but, it's all good, but <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I'm not going to take away from the show, but I was just like, Oh, I can't remember. <laughs> Whoopsie. Fine. And we've already said we're not, I'm, at least I'm not going to Google. So it's fine. Um, no, but like the, I think Deadpool could work in a way that like, cause I've heard uh, Kevin Feige say that, now that they've finished up with, as they call it, the Infinity Saga, um, they realized they ran into an issue where you had a bunch of people, like some movies would suffer because people just didn't want to go see them because, I don't know, it, when you feel like you got to watch 15 movies in order to understand one movie, you ran into a problem. And mm-hmm. he gets that. So he already said he wants to have more standalone stuff. And then every so often there's a crossover you don't need to see all the previous movies to understand the crossover and i was laughing because i was like so you mean like what the comics do or like what dc is currently doing (laughs) which is a smart approach because i guess um well there's been a lot up in the air like i mean i think h well hbo max is out now and obviously we have news of the snyder cut which will be its own (laughs) episode all in itself oh we'll get to that yes it will (laughs) <laughs> but that's not for this episode. But <laughs> I think yeah. that I'm I'm hoping that Marvel adopts that same policy because it's like obviously if it's succeeding, why would you change it too much? You know, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. But yeah, you know, at a certain point, I'm sure that a lot of people are like, well, we have to do something to change it. Well, and... I think they understood that everyone stuck around to see the end of to see Endgame because they understood this was what everything led up to. And the movie itself did a perfect job of being like, yep, we've taught, we put a nice little bow on this. We're good. So yeah. literally you could just never watch a Marvel movie again. And you've walked away seeing a full story. Yeah. And they understand that. So I, that's why I think Deadpool, he could be like, I don't, which would be hilarious. Cause it's kind of how he is in the comics. He's just like this random agent of chaos. Sometimes for good, sometimes for bad, depends on his mood that day. Uh, that just kind of goes about doing his own thing while all this other stuff is happening. Mm-hmm. And like that he kind of just shows up in and out. And like, I'd be okay with him, like starting by doing cameos in mid credit sequences, because then it wouldn't like take us out of the movie, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It wouldn't suddenly be like, you're not sitting there anticipating like, what's he going to do next? Or is he coming back? Or yeah, just little things. Right. And I, I think that's like the right call to introduce him. But like, I'm curious <laughs> what, would you say is your favorite Marvel hero that isn't Spider-Man? Is it cheating to say the X-Men because it's a team? Um, let's say, okay, well then let's answer like, who is our favorite, like Marvel superhero teams? Like I said, for me, that's going to be the X-Men. Cause I just, uh, between the TV shows, uh, and I honestly, especially after seeing Disney Plus, I forgot how many X Men shows there were. There's but um, a lot. <laughs> oh yeah, because they they sell. And I, I'm I'm already I'm like I'm gonna end up watching all of these. I know, I know. I watched the '90s X Men when they finally put the episodes in order, but that's a whole nother thing. Oh my god. But gosh. um, <laughs> yeah, that's a weird fumble they made. But um, between the shows and like all the games, I mean, and there was a lot of X Men games too or any Marvel game had to have at least Wolverine and Magneto in it. And maybe you went further and did uh, Storm and Cyclops. But like, because if you're in the video games, then you're a big X-Men fan. Because if you like fighting games, for instance, I know you, uh, you're a big fan of Mortal Kombat. Uh, but like the whole concept of a crossover where you have a franchise go into a video game to like how with Mortal Kombat 11 you now have Robocop and Terminator and the Joker the X-Men helped pioneer that because the first crossover game was an X-Men Children of the Atom and it had Akuma as an unlockable character and then they followed that up with X-Men versus Street Fighter and then 
as we all know, crossovers are kind of the norm now in video games. And so it how you couldn't get away from Marvel that we said at the beginning, you can't like mid nineties till about 2000. Actually until probably about 2012, 2013, you could not get away from the X-Men. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. It's like Marvel versus Capcom one, two, and three. Well, not so much three, but that's a whole nother topic. The rosters for the Marvel side are filled with a ton of X-Men characters. Mm-hmm. And even ones you wouldn't expect, like Marrow, the chick with, that uses all the bones and stuff, and or like Omega Red. And it's like, we don't care. They're X-Men characters. People will love it. And we did. They even put in Jubilee, I think, in some of the <laughs> like Marvel this stuff. This character in the first Marvel vs. Capcom game, I believe. Yep. And it's just, and Cable became, that's why Cable's so, when Cable was in Deadpool 2, the reason why so many people already knew who he was, it wasn't just because of the shows because that obviously helped. He was such a huge popular character from the video games. Mm-hmm. So as soon as they announced him that he's going to be in a movie, oh my gosh. Oh, and on that note, that's how Deadpool can also work in the movies. Because remember, Deadpool 2, he calls Cable Thanos a couple of times. <laughs> and when he's trying to like calm down Juggernaut, he's like, sun's getting real low there, big guy, and then he gets thrown <laughs> off. I love that scene. <laughs> so... Another way of like, he can just reference everything since you can have him with the knowledge of everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah it, it's amazing how popular Deadpool became. Cause it's like, he's always been a character that's like been there. And especially like, if you're like a hardcore comic fan, like, you know, exactly who Deadpool is. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that it's like, it, it kind of like, he almost overshadows a lot of the more popular characters. Like that probably would have fallen into the background more who've like always been associated with Marvel, but now it's like they've really gotten the spotlight they've deserved. And one of those people that I want to talk about, well, two of those people I want to talk about (laughs) are Iron Man and Captain America because they, like, I think people didn't truly expect for Iron Man and Captain America to be as big as they are now. And a lot of it owes to the Marvel Cinematic Universe, but like, They've always been great characters. It's just now like they're mainstream in the way that like Spider-Man is almost. Mm-hmm. I, I do believe, well, because remember there's an uh, article I read once when they said how Fox and Sony owning the X-Men and Spider-Man film rights was the best thing to happen for the MCU. Because if not, then we would never have gotten, we would have probably gotten Cap and Iron Man just so you could get the Avengers you never would have gotten guardians of the galaxy and you would have gotten x-men 12 wolverine does a thing yeah and so because of that so i do think cap would have found a way to still get popular just because it's like he is that kind of character i agree with you wholeheartedly about iron man he was to use a wrestling term he was a b plus player yeah he he was which is not a bad thing but now it's very obvious that it's like, wow, this whole time, like they've been sitting on this great character that like has, I watched a video uh, from another uh, YouTube slash like podcast channel called uh, lessons from the screenplay. And they documented mm-hmm. his uh, entire like arc and how he went from being like, you know, a self-serving, like arrogant, you know, jerk to a character that ultimately made his final act in life to be, spoiler alert (laughs) his (laughs) sacrifice where he you know went from serving only himself to serving the greater good of everyone around him and you know the fact that they took a character that a lot of people like when they first announced it i remember people were like iron man like Mm -hmm. that's the character that they're gonna focus on and like it's so strange (laughs) how we look at it now we go wow like to help give context for that I mentioned the Marvel versus Capcom series and the very first Marvel versus Capcom Iron Man's not even in it. War machine is Mm -hmm. that. If that doesn't tell you what his like popularity was at the time uh, where like his, essentially his Robin got the slot over him in a major fighting game compared to now. It's like, yeah, if you hear the word Marvel, you immediately think of Iron Man. Yeah. 
it's it's true he he was the face of it for a long time and like i'm curious to see is captain marvel still gonna be like the figurehead now or like who are they gonna go with that i heard the original plan was her okay especially because they were especially the way endgame portrayed her she's basically the superman of marvel Mm -hmm. and i apologize to all the thor fans trust me i know how the comics but don't we're good i know i know (laughs) that's how the movies portrayed her okay we're good yes now that we're good um but the original plan, I know, like they wanted to center around her. Then I heard that apparently, since there's not not backlash is not the right word, but I guess people just we'll just address the elephant in the room with the Captain Marvel movie itself. A lot of people felt were a little upset because since it was a prequel movie that had nothing really to do with the Infinity Stones or anything, a lot of people were mad that that was the movie right before Endgame. Mm-hmm. And I personally believe it should have came out two years previously. So that way, when Nick Fury, you know, you see the her symbol on the on his pager, you'd be like, "Oh snap!" Not who? Yeah, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I agree with that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so because of that, a lot of people, and apparently Brie Larson, I don't know. I guess there's some interviews that people thought she was being like condescending or snooty in. So it's caused this whole weird thing, and so. I don't know they're going to keep her as a center. I've also heard that apparently they want to pair her up with like Spider-Man since he can kind of help humanize her and make her like, uh, because of how, especially Tom Holland does such a phenomenal job of awkward teenage. Right. It, it helped give her a funny person to play off of as they develop her personality. But now I've heard that's up in the So I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, I'm hoping that they because I I I fall into the camp of liking how she portrayed Captain Marvel. Um, Mm -hmm. I really think she kind of captured like the serious, like kind of snarky, like character that is Captain Marvel, but with like the heart that she obviously has, like because she's not like this happy go lucky, like smiley character. And I think that she really nailed on the head, like getting like the tone of the character right. So I, I'm hoping that she sticks around and like whatever kind of like backstage politics or whatever is going on with that. Like, I hope that gets sorted out. Uh, but I'm curious to see where they go from there because it's very um, right now. Like the thing with the MCU is like, is Spider-Man the main focus? I mean, I would say he should be, but that's my personal opinion. <laughs> right. But like, he's still like, he still belongs with Sony. And I feel like they want to like tag him up with Tom Hardy. Mm-hmm. Oh, they do. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, so far, and obviously, as we all learned, when everyone freaked out for a hot minute, uh, big companies can have very fragile egos. Mm-hmm. And so, barring them getting upset about something, which, as we saw at the last fight, barring Disney suddenly wanting more money, uh, we should be good. They should be able to find a way to make it work. Well, yeah, I mean, they already did like they already are like on the same terms now. So like, I'm kind of happy about that. But I think the big question that I have was when I watched the Morbius trailer and Adrian Toome showed up, which (laughs) I was like, I'm thinking about it. And it's like, I'm imagining people are like, well, is Spider-Man in this universe or not? Well, like, and they're like, their response is yes. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> they're like yes and well, <laughs> yes and yes and no stop asking us questions we're still writing it <laughs> but uh no they okay i'll give them credit for this though the reason i'm not too worried about morbius uh uh is that i was worried about the venom movie mm-hmm. because it didn't have spider-man in it and i was like you cannot tell Venom's story without spider-man literally the symbiote got off of peter parker and it went on to eddie brock how do you and they found a way to do it. Yeah, so, yeah, I mean, uh, so that's why I'm not too worried. Because, like, if you could find a way to tell the Venom story without Spider-Man, as impossible as I thought that would be, mm-hmm. then, once again, it's like we said earlier, I guess, it's like, I, I eventually got to concede to them and say, well, scoreboard. Yeah. <laughs> Plus, <laughs> Venom did really well, too. Like, I know a lot of people 
kind of like rag on that movie a little bit and say like, oh, well, it, you know, it, it's not like they, you know, attack its quality. And like, you know, that's just an opinion. But like, obviously, people loved it because it made like 800 something million dollars. Oh, it did great. Which is impressive. <laughs> well, I think what helped, too, is that since it was separate from the MCU, they knew it wasn't going to play like an MCU movie. Mm, yeah, that's true. That and when we saw that first trailer of like when the symbiote goes overtakes Eddie Brock, when he's like, "We are Venom," and everyone's just like, "Oh my gosh, this is terrifying! I have to see this." Oh, I was freaking out because I, <laughs> I love Venom. Like Venom and Spider Man are like two of my favorite Marvel characters that I kind of like latch onto. So when oh, I like yeah. saw that, I was just like, <laughs> "Oh, for sure!" And the fact that the sequel, obviously, the way a lot is funny. A lot of people are like, "Okay, we get it. it's gonna be an origin story." And they're like, okay, good. It was decent. It's going to get a sequel. Cool. Now we can have Carnage. Yeah, which I'm... Do you think that they're going to make it rated R? Because I think that there's a, a chance. If, if it's a movie that Sony's making, I think after the success of Joker, they know you can do it. People will go see it. Yeah, but it's still like... You know, obviously Tom Holland's going to eventually show up in this universe and it's going to be connected. So it's like... It's kind of the conundrum of like, you know, with Birds of Prey where it's like, well, why aren't they saying F words anymore? Like, why is there less blood now? And like, (laughs) that's true. Well, I guess, I don't know. I guess also know like, like the 90s Spider-Man cartoon managed to have carnage and make him terrifying. And that's a kid's cartoon. So it had a lot of constraints they had to work with. That was mortifying. I I remember being traumatized by seeing carnage. Yeah. Oh, no. it Yeah. redneck that is like loves killing (laughs) is like lord yeah he was like he's one of those characters where he doesn't really fall into the regular mold of villains because he's just so like i feel like they intentionally made him darker to kind of just like appease people like especially like adult fans because like the thing with comics is that oftentimes they're geared not necessarily towards children but like a younger audience in general and you know, unless you're DC, <laughs> which has a, 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 an interesting, you know, like way of approaching certain materials, like especially with like the Teen Titans series where it was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> it was dark, but it also like hit all of the prerequisites that were required for like, you know, not only story structure, but also like, you know, the morals that you would get out of watching a show, especially if you were someone my age at the time. Mm-hmm. And Carnage, when I remember watching like, you know, replays of uh, of like Spider-Man show on, I want to say Disney XD. Sounds right. Yeah, I think it was Disney XD. And they would play that. And I was like, oh, my gosh. Like, <laughs> this is scary. I don't like yeah. this. Mom, reminds- Mom, come pick <laughs> me up. I'm scared. <laughs> there it is. But uh, <sighs> it reminds me of um, with the Batman animated series, how they had to work around how do we make the Joker work in a kid's show and because they realized they can't have a guy running around shooting people in the head constantly and so they came up with the i mean obviously the tim burton 89 movie did it with the lap with the you know the joker gas and with batman murdering people in that movie let's not ignore that <laughs> <laughs> Let, let's take a minute and like because people like to dodge that they're like oh like Ben, I don't dodge like, it. I, I acknowledge it. Because people were like so mad about Batfleck and then they turn around and like praise the Tim Burton movies. And I was like, bro, he straight up murdered people in those movies. Oh, yeah. like, oh. oh, it just makes me so mad because they're like, <laughs> how dare, how dare like this new Batman murder people, which, you know, to be fair, he straight up murdered them. But also, like, it it was done before, and I was like, Batman's murdered so many people. Like, let's not act like. And let's not act like other Marvel here. Like, go watch the first Captain America movie where he storms in shooting a gun at people. Bro, let's talk about this for a second, because this has been eating me alive. (laughs) Every Marvel hero is a serial killer. I'm just going to say it. Like, <laughs> oh, you're just now noticing this. I know. I've noticed it for a long time, but it makes me angry because everyone's like, Batman does not kill. And I was like, yeah, no duh, dude. But like, you can't like, you can't say these kinds of things like heroes don't kill people and like blah, blah, blah. And I was like, have you seen a Marvel movie? They're straight up serial killers. They murder all of their villains. Yeah. Sometimes ways they don't 
you could argue some of them they're not aware it would kill them maybe like guardians of the galaxy for example but others it's like you knew what you were doing like an ant-man with the way yellow jacket dies which is freaking brutal and then there's the winter soldier where he's straight up just kicking people and shattering them and like horribly like mangling their bodies and i'm like oh my gosh like <laughs> yeah well, i mean uh i mean God. the first iron man movie when he beats a uh, war not war machine a uh, warmonger and just lets him fall to his death i'm like okay guess that happened <laughs> oh my gosh dude it's just so like i i think about that all the time and like i understand that like one of the compelling things about batman is that he doesn't kill people which i agree batman shouldn't necessarily kill people and with how they presented him in like batman and superman i think maybe you know if they'd if it had been built up to, I think people would have let it go a little bit more. Yeah, if it showed because, him getting more jaded. Yeah. Right. Cause he it was alluded to, but like I think that maybe like people would have been like, you know, understanding if like we had actually seen in a previous movie like him like lose it after like, you know, Robin died because that, that yep. was you know, what they, was yeah, teased that. And of course, people like me and you, we know about Jason, but the audience might not realize how brutally he dies. Right. And it's just part of like a, you know, a story narrative to like, you kind of want people to see that. And like, I liked the way they alluded to it, but I think that it would have been, you know, beneficial to the story if we'd actually seen it. But, you know, that's one thing or another. I'm yeah, I would love to discuss that in the Batman v Superman episode. And that that will be coming, ladies and gentlemen, but it will. (laughs) The 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 little sidebar we went on, I was like trying to say. uh, In the animated series for Batman, they did the Joker gas because. Like I said, they had to find a way to get around the fact that he can't just go around shooting people. But then they realized, oh, we actually created something more horrifying because these people literally laugh until they die because you can't breathe when you're laughing. And so they die with these giant smiles on their face and their eyes are just bugged out and they're crying because they know they're dying. And they're like, and they look back on it now going, I think it might have just been better if we just had them shoot people. It would have been because I watched that I watched that show growing up and I was like, oh my gosh. Like And that's wow. what I'm saying. They could do that with Carnage. They mm-hmm. you can find I I I am a little nervous that people are convinced like it has to be rated R. It has to be rated R. I'm like, no, it doesn't. Comics didn't start off that way. The most successful comics of all time weren't I mean, there have been plenty of really bloody comics, yes especially Wolverine, Punisher, Daredevil. I mean, yeah, old man yeah. Logan in particular. But <laughs> oh my good lord, but that that was a limited run series for adults. Everyone, right. People are getting to the point where they want like every movie to be like in other words, you cannot make a Wolverine movie at all unless it's rated R. I'm like I mean, yes, but you don't have to. You can work within the limits. I mean, the 90s X-Men cartoon had Wolverine and Wolverine was comic book accurate. And mm-hmm. he wasn't going around disemboweling people. Right. I, I don't think that like the way that they portrayed Wolverine's violence in Logan to me made sense yes. because it fit the theme of the movie overall. Whereas like if you just like have him just straight up like murder people on screen and they dodged this really well in um, oh gosh, uh, was it Apocalypse? I think it was Apocalypse where oh, Wolverine had a cameo. Rampage. Yeah, and he yeah. had, like, the rage thing, and they showed, you know, like, little bits of blood and, like, you know, bits of the carnage, but it wasn't overly graphic. Yes. And the thing about that is, like, you've seen The Wolverine, right? Yes. Which I I, I think that movie's a little underrated. I actually really like that movie. And I think that, like, the way that they portrayed violence in that movie was very comic book accurate for how it could be and still make it PG-13. Yeah, and that's what I'm saying is that, like, you don't have to go super over the top. You can keep it within reason. And like you said, and I agree, you could, if there's certain, uh, pardon me, because uh, essentially Logan was their version of trying to do old man Logan. And that's fine. And so that one required a rated R just because of the story they're telling. Mm-hmm. But then he can go right back, like you're saying, an apocalypse that's PG-13 or any of the other X-Men movies are PG-13. And it works just as fine. I mean, like the scene you talk about an apocalypse after he gets done with his rampage, you get that amazing moment at the end credits scene where they're mopping up the mess. 
so funny. It it talks about that thing that no one ever thinks about. Like, someone's got to eventually clean this up. I know. And I, oh, speaking of this, I I almost forgot to mention this. Um, Evan Peters, who played Quicksilver, which is one of my favorite parts of, like, any of the X-Men movies. Mm -hmm. He has been cast in an undisclosed role in WandaVision. Which is... Don't don't give me hope. I said undisclosed because (laughs) even I don't know. And I am curious to see if they go that direction. But if not, I'm also excited anyway, because Evan Peters is great. He does such a good job. But it's like, if he is Quicksilver, (laughs) I'm having that Hawkeye moment. Like, don't don't give me hope. (laughs) I, I don't think that they'll give him the Quicksilver role because it would make things very, very messy in terms of continuity especially with Aaron Taylor Johnson already like portraying Quicksilver in that universe. Yeah. Well, between Scarlet Witch, Vision, and Doctor Strange, they could just pop the X-Men in and be like, here. Yeah, which if they did, I would be completely fine with that because I love the X-Men that they have. Yeah. Uh, Oh, but on the note you made about the Quicksilver, I just, one of my favorite things, and it's ironic to me that's always, the closest thing to this, I'm going, sorry, my mind's going all over the place. I love that in the X-Men movies, because the MCU movies haven't really done this, in that the two Quicksilver scenes, you know, in Days of Future Past and in Age of Apocalypse, where you just see, like, you kind of get to see what the world looks like from Quicksilver's point of view. Mm-hmm. And those, I mean, we can all agree, those are, like, the best scenes. But they've yeah. done it before. In, the, in X2 with Nightcrawler when he assaults the White House and you get to see like here's I'm how powerful he is I'm so glad you brought that up because that's one of my favorite scenes in any superhero movie ever there's hardly any well I mean obviously there's like yelling and stuff but like no real dialogue really going on but you know exactly yeah. what's happening it's also masterfully filmed and like I oh, it's just so good it's so that, so good and that's what I'm saying. The closest I've seen is like, like in Justice League, the big fight when, you know, Superman first gets resurrected and they all fight him. You kind of get that moment of seeing like how strong Superman is compared to the rest of the Justice League. Which I have mixed feelings on that scene because it's like, I love Superman. We've talked about this, but it's like, I don't like when characters are essentially like immune to any form of damage. Right. No, <laughs> and, I get what you're saying. But I also love the way that they filmed that scene. And one of the things that Joss Whedon's really good at is like filling a scene with humor and having like he understands the characters incredibly well and he knows how to utilize them in certain scenes. And like I can, you know, whine about that, but it was also like Oh, oh gosh, when his eye so, moved? It was so awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I, I was in theaters and like when Flash starts running around him and you just see his eyeball move, the whole theater went no yeah my my <laughs> crowd erupted when that happened and i was like oh let's go <laughs> <laughs> and then like you just see it's like just the stink face he's like i see you and, uh, he's like where are you going <laughs> yeah but you know, i bring that up because it's just sometimes we need and I'm, I'm that's why i mentioned the x-men movies because you need moments to show like how strong these heroes are mm-hmm. and it's kind of like a, in pro wrestling, when you see big men, a big guy amongst other big guys, you forget how massive that person might actually be. Mm-hmm. Of like, even someone that's like six foot tall, but they're jacked. Uh, put them next to a normal sized person like me or you, and you're like, oh, wait, you're massive. Right. You, but like, we're not scenes. even that small. It's just, you know, like in comparison, when you see them, you're like, oh my gosh and the thing with superman that i noticed is like oh gosh this is turning into a dc episode but (laughs) with i'll point it out this way chris evans like he's not like no he's pretty huge chris evans is pretty jacked he's like six three yeah (laughs) yeah he's also very tall and i've noticed that sometimes like with certain superheroes it's like they get in really good shape but they're not huge huge especially yeah. with like chris pratt like chris pratt's like what like six two i think so he's a, all the chris's are around anywhere from like six two to six five 
Right. <laughs> like Chris Hemsworth is obviously just he's just bigger in size anyway because he's <laughs> six five, six four. So yeah. <laughs> and he's he built like an athlete. Yeah, he was perfect for Thor. Right. It's so funny. But I um I was looking at that and I was like, you know, Chris Pratt's not really that huge in comparison. He just is in really good shape and he put on muscle and it just but it looks like they're a superhero. And right. They did that or with like, Superman too, because Henry Cavill's not actually that huge. Yeah, is it kind of is it kind of like the Chris Hemsworth thing where he's naturally like more? He well, no, he he put in a lot of hard work because like you see him. I think it started with Immortals when he was in Immortals. Okay. Um, and he started like putting on more, but he was like super lean for that movie, and then they just put on some more mass to him. Um, because oh, yeah. he is a big, he is a relatively big person. But he just looks so huge as Superman because of how they film him. And, you know, it, it's different because it's like they film Chris Hemsworth in a different way because he's just taller. So he right. just towers over all of his co-stars. Which is great because especially the way Thor is initially of him just being that arrogant. I am a god. You can shut up. It was I, perfect. <laughs> yeah, it, it's funny. And I, I really like what they've done with Chris Hemsworth, too, because like the thing with Thor and I think you and I have talked about this before, but. I was not super in love with the first Thor movies, like Thor one and two. Mm-hmm. And I I mean, the thing I liked about him is that like people I knew would be like, oh my gosh, you look so much like him. And I'm like, stop. <laughs> so that was like, that was my like attachment to him. But I always liked Chris Hemsworth in the role. I was like, I feel like there's a lot, you know, that he can do in this role. And I'm hoping to see more of him, even if I'm not like super, super in love with what I'm seeing right now. And then Thor Ragnarok came out, and I was like, "Oh my gosh, he's so Where good was as this, this character." The whole time? I was like, "He's so like." I think it's because they all decided they're like, "I think that he works better as a character that has a comedic element to him." And oh my gosh, they were right because Chris Hemsworth has amazing comedic timing. Yeah, and it okay. Since you mentioned this, is because it's fantastic. Um, like I, it, I, I like. I mean. I really don't like the second Thor movie, but the first one I can at least get entertainment out of it. Uh-huh. Um, but then when you see the first Avengers movie and you see how well he plays off everybody and you're like, wait, there's something there. <laughs> and like, your humans are so petty. Exactly. Like, <laughs> exactly. You're like, wait, 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 there's something here. And especially, okay. I much as I don't like Thor too. The scenes with Thor and Loki where they're acting like brothers is amazing. Right. I, I thought that they should have stuck to that the whole time because it's like, I mean, obviously they're doing like a redemption arc for Loki, which, you know what, fine, because he's kind of the character that you can do that with, especially yes. like, I, I believe in comics. I, I don't I haven't really read a whole lot of like Thor comics, but apparently in the comics, they're kind of transitioning him into more of a anti-heroic figure. That's and, like, I think that's because of the movies, but yeah. Yeah. And I was like, well, just use this the whole time because Tom Hiddleston's great, too. And they yeah. perfectly counterbalance each other. Yeah, like when they're when Thor's trying to when they're trying to fly out Asgard and he like runs into stuff. It's like, we need to go up. Yes, I know, brothers. Like you hit one of Dad's statues. Shut up, Loki. <laughs> it's and they it's just great. keep. And uh, so we saw that like you you kept seeing flashes of, it. Mm-hmm. and then yes, Thor Ragnarok came out, and Chris Hemsworth himself said like he was kind of. He was basically waiting for his contract to end because he was kind of overplaying the character. Mm-hmm. And after after Ragnarok, he flat out told Marvel, he's like, I will play this until y'all force me to quit. Yeah. <laughs> I think they said that, um, I, I don't know how accurate this is, but apparently he signed either like a five-year or a five-movie deal. Yeah. Which so, like, I mean, oh my gosh. Unless something dramatic happens, he, like I said, he's all he's all in. He is. He loves the character. Right. And, and the way that they made him like, I love him in Endgame um, because like the, I was not expecting that. And nobody was, nobody, nobody was like, I saw it and I was like, they're going a different route with him. And that's cool. And I, I like a lot of people kind of like, I got the impression that some people thought that they were making fun of him. And in my opinion, I love what they did with Thor because it showed that, you know, like you can suffer from depression. You yes. can suffer with guilt and you can suffer with like this shame 
but in the end you can still be worthy which is like that's one of my favorite parts from endgame is when he gets his hammer back because i was like oh my gosh like that's so like and that just resonated has yeah the smile he's like i'm still worthy oh it's it's so great and i i like I love that part of that movie. It's so, so good. And what they do with him and they, you know, they show they're like, you don't have to, you know, have six pack abs and be super shredded and perfect all the time. Like you can fail, you can suffer from depression. You can struggle with your weight and like how you view yourself and still, you know, be a hero and still be a good person. And I, it's just so great. Everything you said is like 100,000% true. It's just, what they did with Thor is great. And it's not hard to see why he's like just such a well, like it, cause for a long time, the two big popular characters was, it was kind of, it's kind of like what's happened with DC. Uh, in Marvel, you have like Iron Man for the kids. You have Captain America for the adults and the women have Thor. Yeah. <laughs> kind of like a DC, <laughs> the kids love Batman, the adults and, uh, like both Batman and Superman. And the women like Aquaman. So yep. <laughs> yeah, that's that, true. That's why Shazam in their in the closing in the credits sequence with the animations. Yeah. And it showed like the Comic Con lines. Mm-hmm. Uh but uh yeah, I'm just I'm looking forward to what they do with him. And him signing on for that long is great because he can be that mm-hmm. uh connection yeah. mm-hmm. to the previous team. Because with Iron Man and Cap gone, he can mm-hmm. be the that like connection. And I know, I think they said Hulk has or uh, Mark Ruffalo has one movie left on his contract. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what they're gonna do with him, mm-hmm. but he can be like that big connector to the previous. I mean, as they've called it, the Infinity. So I just look forward to what they're gonna do with him. Plus, he's with the Guardians of the Galaxy now, so, and I'm sure he's going to bail from the guardians quickly to go do his own adventure. And I'm all here for it. Yeah, no, I I'm super excited about it. I'm, I can't wait for it, but like, you know, in conclusion, I think uh, we should talk about what uh, we're looking forward to the most. Sure. Uh, for myself, I, I will say I really am interested in WandaVision just because the trailer made it look like this is going to be like the trippiest thing. Like, like it's like they looked at the show Legion and said, uh, hold my beer, watch this. Yeah. <laughs> and <laughs> which is great. Fine. Go for it. And especially when I, they, they showed a sneak peek of her wearing the actual Scarlet Witch, like comic outfit. And I went, <gasps> but um, so for me, it's seeing how they incorporate like for how they incorporate the X-Men because I know we didn't really get to talk, I guess in super great detail about them, but I just love them so much. And I'm just, I'm looking forward to them getting to be in the MCU and how they get incorporated. And man, I hope that rumor that they're going to keep Magneto out of the MCU ends up not being true. I hope so too, because he is one of the best films of all time. And oh yeah, any <laughs> company, not just Marvel. I know, it just in general, in in media, he's one of my favorites too. And like, you know, in regards to that, like, I'm really excited about the new X Men. Um, but I think that like, I, I think I'm most excited for Moon Knight. Actually, I I understand because it's like we were saying earlier. It's it's the we're going to see how uh not brand safe as Disney willing to go. Yeah. I'm hoping that they kind of allow it to be sort of like daredevil, like, you know, kind of like a horror fantastical, you know, like obviously blade will be more horror focused, but like with moon Knight, you have this plethora of things that you can explore while also, you know, giving the opportunity to like really delve into like more mature content because Marvel has just so much that they can use. Like, they have a oh, pretty yes. infinite amount of stuff that they can use for, well, I say pretty infinite. I don't mean it's going to last forever, but. You know. <laughs> hey, it, hey, this is Disney we're talking about. They have that kind of money. Right. Uh, 
I think that they'll do a lot with what they already have because they still have thousands and thousands of things to work with, which is great. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we haven't even mentioned the Fantastic Four, Silver Surfer, Galactus, uh, MODOK. There's a ton of crazy stuff that they could touch on that would give so much more content. Yeah, and I, I think that we should actually do an episode specifically about like Fantastic Four and like, you know, the movies too. Like we can talk about the movies and all that, but like, sure. you know, for, for today, I wanted to say thank you guys for listening to this episode and, you know, hearing us talk about, you know, one of our other favorite uh, comic book brands and listen to us talk about like, you know, not only the MCU, but like all the other movies and, you know, all the comics and some of our favorite heroes. And yeah, thank you for joining us today. And, you know, as always, we really appreciate your feedback. And we hope that you can share this podcast with all your friends and, um, you know, bring in new people and, you know, send in your ideas. We, we'd love your input. And thank you guys again for joining us today. Yeah, for sure. And like Austin's saying, like, we're open to suggestions if you want to hear us talk about certain things or maybe certain heroes or teams or whatever. We're open to all of it. So please, any and all feedback is welcome. Yeah, and again, we are the Internet World Order. I am Austin Cook. And I am Caleb McLemore. And we will see you guys soon. Thank you. See you guys.